Blog Talk Radio. A hearty good morning to our listeners on the Internet and to those tuned in to our live broadcast here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. We have a very special guest lined up for your listening pleasure today, and we're going to be taking your questions during today's program. So don't go away. We'll be back with our guest, Annette Martin, right after this brief message. Are you looking for that special gift or item, but you're tired of traveling across town and using up gas in order to find it? There is an easier, more efficient way to shop. Try Amazon.com to purchase your favorite products or merchandise. Hi, this is Steve Shimon for the Earth Frenzy Radio Show. We've been promoting Amazon quality products on our news and talk show websites for years. In fact, many of our most prominent guests and talk show personalities are using Amazon.com to promote their multimedia content. Amazon's latest feature is the Video On Demand service that offers users ad-free movies and TV shows on both Mac and PC computers. The new services lets users watch the first two minutes of a movie or a TV show before they opt to buy or rent it. Once the user orders the video, it is added to a library that can be accessed via browsers on both the Mac and the PC. It is just one of many innovative ways in which Amazon has (coughs) grown as a major distributor of quality and affordable products via the Internet. So if you're tired of searching endlessly for that special item, then why not check out Amazon.com? Just go to www.EarthFrenzyRadio.com. And while you're at it, check out the new Movies and TV Show Preview, available in the new Features column (coughs) in the left-hand sidebar. Amazon.com is the fast and cost-effective way to shop online. Give it a try today. As one of America's most renowned psychics, Annette Martin has, for the last 31 years, been working as a law enforcement crime detective assistant. She worked as a psychic detective in assisting law enforcement agencies under the name of Closure for You Investigations. Annette has worked with 35 different law enforcement agencies, including the FBI. She has also earned recognition as a psychic teacher and facilitator and has trained thousands of students at her Institute of Intuitive Research in California. During her 31 years as a professional psychic, there is very little that Annette Martin has not done, thus giving her the recognition as an internationally acclaimed radio and television psychic. Welcome to the show, Annette. Thank you very much, Stephen. It's a delight to be with you this morning. We're great to have you here. I believe that back in uh, 2005, you collaborated with author James N. Fry to write your biography, which is called The Gift of the White Light. How was it that uh, James and yourself got together to write this book? How did we get together? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, we had met, oh, probably 20 years prior to that, um, and Jim was an extremely skeptical person and certainly did not believe in psychics whatsoever. (laughs) And what happened during those years was that um, I invited him to many different things that I was doing, like performances of showing how I do medical diagnosing. And also he was able to come and hear me lecture at various and sundry times. And what happened was um, about three years ago, I said to my husband, you know, I think with all the information that I have and all the different things that I've done, it's time for me to write a book about my life. And my husband said, well, you know, honey, 
maybe it wouldn't be such a good idea for you to write it. That might sound kind of arrogant. And I said, oh, absolutely. That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> and he said, why don't you go and talk to Jim, uh, Jim James and Fry? And I said, oh, that's a great idea. So I did. I called up Jim, and we went and had lunch. And I told Jim my idea and that I was concerned. And he goes, yes, he says, I think someone else should write it about you. I think it would come across much better. And I said, well, Jim, do you have anybody in mind? And he put his hand up to his face, and he looked down, and he then looked back up at me and said, well, how about me? (laughs) And so so that is exactly what happened. And so we started working on it and um, have come up with this lovely book called Gift of the White Light. Well, judging from the cover of this book, which, of course, shows a little girl. Now, I assume that girl is you? Yes, that is. That is me at seven years old. And I guess it's taking us back to your, to, to your early childhood. So uh, what you first realized that you had psychic ability at the age of seven. Is that correct? That is correct, and that's why we put that photo on the, the cover of the uh, book, because that is exactly what happened at seven. I had this most wonderful and unusual new world began for me. While I was playing with a group of my friends, I had a sudden vision in which my playmates would turn on me with intent to kill, and ten minutes later, that vision became a reality. Could you tell our listeners uh, about your first professional case working as a uh, psychic detective? Well, my very first case was certainly not what I was going to be doing. (laughs) I had no intentions (laughs) of ever working with the police departments. But what happened was um, I was in a yoga class with my secretary. I was already a professional psychic. And uh, we were meditating during the class. And while I was laying on the floor, suddenly I saw this body hanging out over me and a street sign, and it frightened me so much that I sat straight up off the floor. Well, my secretary said, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, no, no, it's okay. And so I laid back down again, and after the class, she and the yoga teacher came over to me and said, what happened? Why why were you sitting up like that? And I told them what I saw, and both of them looked at me and said, you have to go down to the Marin Sheriff's office and talk to them. And I looked at them and said, what? Are you kidding? They're going to think I'm crazy. I mean, I'm a professional psychic, and I'm going in there telling them I'm seeing a dead body. No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, it took them about 15 or 20 minutes to really talk me into it. And I also called my husband, and my husband said, why don't you go down there? Why not? You can't lose anything. So we did. So we went down to the Marin Sheriff's Office in Marin County, California, and walked in, and I walked up to the desk, and I told the sergeant, my name was Annette Martin, and I'm a professional psychic, and I've seen a dead body. (laughs) His eyes were just huge. He says, okay, I'll, I'll be right back, and he disappears into a room. A few minutes later, a detective comes out and escorts my secretary and I into a room that has no windows, Stephen. I mean, this was really scary because I've never been in a police department before. Mm. And uh, they sat us down in this room uh, with a couple of chairs and a desk, and pretty soon two other detectives come in. And this one very handsome uh, detective comes over, and he sits down, and he says to me, can I help you? And I said, well, yes, uh, my name is Annette Martin. Um, I'm a professional psychic, and I, I think you're going to think I'm crazy. And he looked me straight in the eye without blinking, and he says, no, I don't think you're crazy. Do you mind if I record this? And I said, well, yes, go ahead. And I said, well, I have seen a dead body. Well, what happened from there was five hours later, Stephen, I had given them all this information about this dead body that I had seen. They asked me to come back that evening because the captain wanted to ask me a few questions and some of the other detectives. And so we came back that evening and walked into a room of about 25 people. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. (laughs) We had the 
uh, the sheriff, the, the district attorney was there. There were two FBI men there, and all the rest were cops. And I'm going to imagine what must have been going through your mind at that time. Oh, it was really scary. <laughs> it was very That's scary. Right. And you know, Stephen, I'm also a professional opera singer. And so I immediately just closed my eyes and I said, okay, Ned, now don't get frightened. Just think about when you sang at Bellas Artes in Mexico City and there were 3,000 people in the audience and a 60-piece orchestra and you were able to get through that beautifully so you can do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. So another five hours of giving them more information when I told them about the, the man who had um, – murdered this young girl. Uh, I had used maps and they had given me keys and I identified all the keys. I traced on a map where he was going to go and I told him that he would try to kill again and that he would, uh, they would find him uh, within a year and he would be wearing white, he would be working in an institutional setting, something like a hospital and that it would not be in California. Well, guess what? To the day a year later, they arrested the suspect for another murder. He thought he had killed the girl, and she climbed out of the dirt where he had left her. He was working in a hospital in Washington State and wearing white pants and a shirt. Well, that's phenomenal. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> and all during that time, um, I had done many other readings for them, and I would track this suspect in various places, and they would miss him by 20 minutes or, or half an hour. It was just uncanny. Well, what motivated you to, uh, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you were involved or were involved in the opera business. What motivated you to get involved in this? Oh, my goodness. Stephen, I was singing since I was four. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and my my idea of what my life was supposed to be was that I was going to be a professional opera singer or I was going to be a movie star. <laughs> that was where I was going. You see, I had no intention of being a professional psychic. I mean, that didn't equate into what I wanted to do. And it just sort of kept going on and on from the time I was seven years old. And um, I kept, uh, I was doing medical diagnosing at seven, and I just kept moving forward with being able to see inside people's bodies, into their minds, to see what was going on, what was happening. I was seeing ghosts, I was seeing spirits, all these things were going on as a young child. So then you've actually been involved in some stage productions then in the past. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, I certainly have. Uh, I'm sure you know who Barbara Eden is. Well, I certainly do. Uh-huh, of I, I Dream, Dream of Jean. Jean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Barbara and I toured when I was 16 years old in the Corliss Archer plays. I was studying drama at the Elizabeth Holloway School of the Theater in San Francisco, which is where I was born and raised. And uh, Barbara and I, she played my older sister, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. And, and we toured around to all of the uh, Navy um, stations and the Army and uh, various and sundry places all over California. Well, Barbara seems like a very neat person right now, just judging from, from her character. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Now... Um, many, you know, many of us are really truly amazed by those who uh, have the gift of uh, psychic ability. But, uh, but how much of a blessing has it been to use your abilities to uh, help those in need? Oh, it's definitely been a blessing. And um, I just find it the most exhilarating, the most satisfying thing that I've ever done outside of giving birth to my two children. Uh, it, it, it is just unbelievable you know when you can help someone bring closure in their life when you can help someone see what it is that they're doing that they don't even realize that they're doing because I not only do medical diagnosing but I also am working with clients every single day five days a week uh, in doing general readings and giving them information about their lives and what is going on with them emotionally and psychologically 
And so to sit across the table from someone and see them come in so disturbed and confused and in an hour's time walk out with this relief in knowing, okay, this is what I need to do for myself and this is how I can make my life better. It, it, it's just so satisfying. Would you say that having the uh, gift of the white light is a, is a hereditary sign? Well, you know, the gift of the white light, the, the white light is something, uh, Stephen, that I began seeing when I was a child. And uh, I was being raised in Catholicism and had had a lot of conversations about God. And so when by the time I was about two and a half to three years old, I would see this white light come and it would just sort of surround me at night and just kind of comfort me. And I was an only child. And so this white light was just like a friend for me. And it, it felt so loving and so good, and I felt that, you know, it had come from God. Well, little did I know that this white light is energy. It's just pure uh, magnetic energy. And I was receiving all of this energy to kind of help me to move forward and to uh, matriculate my uh, psychic abilities, which I feel are very genetic. I have... Um, both sides of my family are very intuitive, and so I sort of call it my double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess in this segment is the acclaimed psychic and crime solver, Annette Martin. Annette has participated in some of America's most sensational ghost-busting cases, being termed the radio psychic due to the many radio programs and appearances, and has received national television exposure for her psychic police work. Some of Annette's many TV appearances include Entertainment Tonight, 48 Hours, Montel Williams Show, A&E, Fox News, PM Magazine, The Discovery Channel, The History Channel, Travel Channel, and BBC. Quite a resume, I must say. She works as a psychic detective in assisting law enforcement agencies under the name Closure for You Investigations. Now, I'm gonna, i got to get this in here, uh, Annette, okay? You can learn more about today's guest by going to her website at www.annette-martin.com. Annette's biography, Gift of the White Light, by author James N. Fry, can be found at Amazon.com or by going directly to our broadcast website, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Earth Frenzy Radio and clicking the blog post entitled The Psychic Crime Detective. Now, if you'd like to talk directly with today's guest, you can call our hotline at 646-478-5297 or the Click to Talk feature, which, using your computer microphone, just be logged on to our broadcast at Earth Frenzy Radio. Now, if you'd rather pose a question via the Internet, you may do so in our open chat room. Now, uh, a reminder that our next scheduled guest will be Tim O'Brien, the national spokesperson for Ripley's Entertainment. Tim is going to talk about the newest book, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Prepare to be Shocked, with its nearly 2,500 astounding tales of the peculiar and the mysterious. Ripley's Tim O'Brien will be our featured guest Wednesday, October the 15th at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time here on the Earth Frenzy radio show. <clears throat> um, we're back with our guest, renowned psychic Annette Martin. Annette, you conducted an, an interview in uh, November of 2005 with uh, Nancy Grace. For yes, CNN, I did. And in which you discussed the um, details involving the case of a 71-year-old former paratrooper. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Is it Prado, Dennis Prado or Prado? Prado. Prado, okay. Could you um, tell us a little bit about that case? Yes, this was a very interesting case. Uh, a detective called me up, uh, Sergeant Real Velasquez, and uh, said that he had a gentleman who had been missing for close to three months, and the family had called him and asked him to come and see me and to see if I could help them locate uh, their brother. And he came to my office. I asked him to bring a photograph of Mr. Prado and a map 
of the area of where Mr. Prada's apartment complex was. And he did, and we sat down, and I held the photo. And this is a process that I use when I'm working with the police, is uh, I always ask them to bring a photograph of the person who's missing. And I do a process called psychometry, whereby I hold the photograph in my hand, and I'm able to pick up the energy off of that photograph. And from there, I go into like a videotape, of what had happened to that person. So with Mr. Prado, as soon as I held the photograph, I felt that he was dead. And I said, let me see the map. And I started tracing on the map. And I saw that Mr. Prado had uh, hiked over next door into this county park. And as I looked at the map, I'm going, my goodness, this is a huge park. And, and Detective Sergeant Real Velasquez says, uh, yes, it's 2,000 acres. And we've scoured the whole 2,000 acres for close to three months, and we cannot find him. Hmm. I said, okay, well, here's where I feel that he went. And I drew on the map where he had hiked. He had gone off of the main path, and he had continued on the dirt towards this small hill and he had turned left and I think he was going up there to rest and possibly look at the scenery but what happened was he had a heart attack and he fell over to the right hand side of this dirt path and I drew a circle a very tiny circle as to exactly where he was and of course the sergeant just kind of looked at me you know because this all occurred within 25 minutes and he says, okay, <laughs> and so he left. He goes back to the station, and uh, one of the volunteers came in, and she wanted to know what the psychic had to say, and he told her, and she said, well, let's go. Let's go up there. I know exactly where that is, and um, he said, well, the captain said we can't go until tomorrow morning. Well, what happened was she went anyway. <laughs> she got another volunteer with a dog, and they went up there and they followed exactly what I said on the map and went exactly to the area where I had drawn the circle. And his body was exactly in the middle of that tiny circle. How do the police handle all this? You know, I mean, you said they've been scouring the area for three months, couldn't find anything, and, and you're able to do this in 25 minutes. Right. right. Well, actually... Camp. Well, uh, what Sergeant uh, Real Velasquez said was, a quote, I am still a little bit skeptical, but on the other hand, in this particular case, we probably wouldn't have found him if it hadn't been for Annette Martin. Now, you're the author of a, of a number of books. What is, what, what is one of your most recent ones, or what is your most recent one? Well, the most recent book outside of Gift of the White Light is called Discovering Your Psychic World. And this is a book, Stephen, about how you can learn how to develop your intuition. Uh, it came about because of my students. I've taught thousands and thousands of people, and they kept saying, Annette, Annette, you have to put it into a book. You have to put it into a book. And I said, okay, fine. <laughs> so we did. And now the book is being used by numerous bookstores around the country in helping people to learn how to use their intuition and how to uh, get it so that they feel very comfortable with using their intuition. So you lecture on this as well, right, with uh, gifted people? or? Yes, I do, yes. And how successful have, have some of your uh, students been at uh, psychic ability? Well, actually, I have three professional psychics out around the United States. So that, I feel, is uh, remarkable <laughs> in itself, and, and they're very good. And, uh, and so that makes me feel I extremely good about the whole thing. Are you working on a case right now? I'm sorry? Are you working on a case at the present time? Or? Oh, yes. I have several cases that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, now, we there know are things I, you know, I can't talk about those particular cases. Well, I can understand that, yeah. Now, I guess you, the ones you can talk about are the ones that have actually been solved. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And, you know, if your listeners go to my website at closureforyou.com, uh, they can click on uh, example cases, 
and they will see that there's probably about 10 of them up here. Well, Annette, you're known as the radio psychic, and um, I hope you don't find this to be too intrusive, but I'm very curious as to uh, whether you have picked up on anything about me during our conversation this morning that maybe we could pass on to others. Okay, well, Stephen, I hadn't looked at you because we were talking, but I can look at you right now. And um, what I generally do is I ask for just one question. So why don't you ask me one question? Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> can you picture uh, my surroundings, where I'm located right now? Um, well, yeah, I would... You're definitely in some kind of a room, and um, it, it looks to me like you have like some kind of a board in front of you. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got my desk and a phone in front of me. Okay, is there something else there? Well, maybe it's all the papers that you've got in front of you. Yes, I do. I have some papers in front of me. Mhm. Also, I'm picking up something about a dog. Do you have a dog? No, uh, there's several dogs here. Okay. Well, there's one particular dog that has kind of floppy ears, kind of a large uh, dog. Yeah, there is. There is a larger dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great dog, Stephen. This is a wonderful dog. He loves you to pieces. Yes, it's a good dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, Stephen, is, is there a new baby or a new baby coming? No. No, has, no, no children. There, okay. Has there been a small child around you recently? Um, not recently. There has, yes, in the past, but I, I would say probably not within the last couple of months. Okay. Okay. Well, there's something um, curious about this child. I, I don't know. Maybe you're going to see this child again. Hmm. Well, I don't know who that would be. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, the other thing that I'm picking up on is that, um, yes, I, I see you writing. That um, Are you putting together um, a book? Uh, I've got that on the back burner. Yeah. It's something that okay. I've been thinking about doing. Yes. You, you need to do that. You're not the first one who's told me that, Annette. Oh, that's interesting. I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I had a guest on, oh, about a year ago, uh, who is an author, and she has emailed me on a, on a frequent basis and said that, you know, uh, she believes that I have a good writing style and maybe I should go on ahead and do this. I think you should, too. I, I really do. I, I, and you have a, a certain sense of humor that I think would go over very well in a book. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you need to write it as to who you are. Yeah, yeah, I uh -huh. think so. Uh-huh, absolutely, absolutely. Also, some funny stories. I see you telling some funny stories in this book as well. Yeah, you know, I, you know, in a way, I have sort of a dry sense of humor. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, you, you, you picked up on that, huh? Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, sure, I, I think that... I, Go ahead. No, I I think the book would be successful, and I think you should uh, do this. Well, you know that that really is amazing because I have considered doing this in the past, you know, and and actually within the last I would say the last two or three weeks I have thought about it again, you know. Uh -huh. I've been, I, but I've been so busy with with these radio programs and with so many other things that I just sort of put it on the back burner. Right. Is, is there also a lot of music in your life, Stephen? Yes, very much so. Yeah, because I get music all around you and all these different instruments. Well, you know, that's really interesting, Annette. You know, I would say that what you just told me is probably about 90% accurate. Well, thank you. you know. <laughs> Yeah. So that's something we can pass along with some of our guests here. We got uh, one from the chat room here. It says, "Ask the guest if her first recollection of a parapsychogenic experience came after a major trauma." 
And this is coming from an author. Her name is Morgan Lawrence. Well, actually, yes. The, I would say the trauma uh, was when I had this vision and I saw my friends were going to turn on me and, and kill me. And um, what occurred was, I'll, I'll kind of give you a shortened version of the story, is that um, we were playing kick the can, and there were about ten of us. And after I saw the vision, I just sort of dismissed it. And uh, within about 10 minutes, uh, I started feeling rocks and sticks hitting the back of my leg. And one stick hit my back, and I was really frightened, and that one hurt. And so I turned back to look at my friends, and all of them had a, either a rock or a stick in their hand, and they were just had this mean look on their face like they were going to kill me. And it scared me half to death, and so I started running. And I ran up my stairs and uh, totally forgetting that my mommy and daddy were at work. And I'm pounding on the door. And, of course, the kids are still throwing the rocks and the sticks at me. And I turned around to face them. And as I faced them, I heard this deep masculine voice say, pick up that stick. Oh, well, I thought it was my daddy. And so I quickly turned around to the door where there was no one standing there. And I turned back to the children. I'm, by this time, I'm bleeding, Stephen. And they're still throwing the rocks and sticks at me. And the voice again said, pick up that stick and throw it. Well, I looked down at my right foot, and there was a stick that was about 13 inches long. And as I looked at the stick, I knew that I had to make a decision. Either I was going to throw that stick or they were going to kill me right there on my own stairs. So I picked up the stick, and I threw it, and I hit one of the little boys straight across the nose. And <laughs> it broke his nose, and blood goes spurting everywhere, and all the parents come out of the, uh, their homes, and the ambulance comes and takes him away. And I'm rushed off to my grandmother's house next door. And, and what happened was my parents came home that night, and I told my daddy, and he said, it's okay, honey, it'll be fine. Now I want you to stay inside for three days. And then you have to go outside again. I went, oh, Daddy, I can't go outside. They're going to kill me. He said, no, no, it's going to be okay. And sure enough, it was, because three days later, I, my grandmother shushed me out the door, and I sat out on the stairs there, and one of my little girlfriends came over and asked me if I wanted to play jacks. And I said, yes. And we started playing jacks, and then the little boy with a broken nose and this huge bandage comes out, and he crosses the street, and he comes over to my girlfriend and I, and he would you like to come over and swing on my swing set? And, well, now remember, we're only seven years old. And we both looked at each other and said, yes, because he was the only one on the street who had a swing set. So off we go, playing like nothing had ever happened. Then what happened to me was about two weeks later, um, my mother had invited her best friend over, Pauline, for lunch. And after Pauline left, I came running out of the kitchen and I said to my mother, Mommy, Mommy, you have to call Pauline. You have to call her because her big right toe really, really hurts and she's got to go see the doctor. Well, my mother just looked at me and said, what, Annette, if anything was wrong with Pauline, she would have told me right away. I said, no, no, you have to call her. She said, I'll call her tomorrow morning. Okay, the morning comes over and uh, the phone rings. And it's Pauline. And she says to my mother, by Ola, you won't believe what happened to me after I left your house yesterday. I got home and my big right toe began to swell up and I was in so much pain all night long. It was excruciating. I went to my podiatrist and he had to take the nail off. And he said, Mrs. Moses, I'm so glad you came in because this could have been a very serious thing. So that was the beginning of my medical intuitive career. <laughs> it's pretty dramatic. So <laughs> um, I, I would definitely say that that was a traumatic experience that I had. <laughs> now, here's a, 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 a word that I'm not too familiar with, and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but what they're asking is, do you experience uh, precognition, and how often? 
Oh, precognition. Okay, mm-hmm. precognition. All right. Yeah, that that uh huh. That has to do with knowing what's going to happen in the future. Uh huh. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Is that something that happens on a regular basis with you then, or? Yes, yes, it does. Okay, and it's it. not that I'm always looking for it. You know, all of a sudden I'll say to my husband, oh, such and such is going to happen, or you're going to do this, or, or that's going to happen. <laughs> we got uh, somebody on the line here I'm going to uh, connect with, and I guess they got a question for you. Go ahead, caller. Hello, caller. You're on the air. No, maybe not. Apparently they're not there, Annette. So okay. So we're going to continue on. Um, what are some of the uh, more high-profile cases you've been involved with that uh, we haven't discussed on the show today uh, that you'd be willing to share with us? Well, yes, um, I, we could talk just a little bit about, of, of course, you know, I do have to say that in The Gift of the White Light, uh, I talk about um, many of the cases, and we have about nine cases in the actual cases that I've helped solve uh, working as a psychic detective in the book. And um, after I did this first case that I was telling you about, and, and finding the gentleman outside of California. And by the way, he's still in jail. Um, what happened was there were two FBI fellows in that last five hours that I did at the Marin Sheriff's Office, and they contacted me about uh, two months later, and they asked me if uh, I would come and help them out with the Patty Hearst case, and also the SLA uh, that was going on in San Francisco. I'm sure that you remember about that or maybe not. <laughs> no, I'm not too familiar with that. The Symbionese Liberation Army. They oh, were a yes, 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 revolutionary okay. group. Uh-huh. All right. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they they were doing all kinds of things and <laughs> became pretty notorious And when they kidnapped uh, Patty Hearst. And, and so anyway, so I helped them with that. And uh, later on, they also uh, were doing some bombing and things like that. So that was pretty high profile and, and certainly uh, very, very interesting. All right. Now I think we might have a call here. Uh, caller, are you there? Yes. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. Good caller. morning. What is your name, sir? Uh, this is Morgan Lawrence. How are you? Morgan, all right. Are you the gentleman who asked the first question about the I traumatic? Am. I am, indeed. Yes. Do you have another um, question? I have a couple. Uh, on what level, uh, how attuned is your precognition? And um, when you differentiate between something that you see in a precognitive state as opposed to we'll say random REM sleep cycle, uh, how do you differentiate between the two? Well, actually, I don't, Morgan. (laughs) I don't differentiate between the two because what happens is that um, sometimes I will get a vision of something just before I go to sleep or just as I'm waking up. And they're very clear. They're in full color. And I always write them down. Okay, that's that's yeah, that fits to some of the other patients that I've had who experience precognition. Their definition primarily has been that that dreams are fuzzy and unclear, but precognition is sort of like a videotape that repeats itself over and over again. Exactly, um, Morgan. What is it that you do? I'm I'm in juvenile justice. Um, my specialty um, I'm working in forensics. My specialty is uh, SVU cases and um, serial killing, oh, uh, serial homicides. Yeah. Excellent. So I, the book that I'm finishing up now, which is due out next year, is called Tears and Sawgrass, and it's on my last ten years in uh, forensic psychology. But uh, mm-hmm. my other book is related to the 25 years of trauma medicine that I did before that. So, 
Um, I, I've had some very interesting people. I, I'm, I'm really glad to be able to speak to you about this because most of the time the people that I get to talk to in this field aren't very knowledgeable about the experiences that they've had, but you're clearly, I mean, you go back to Patty Hearst and the SLA, which I can really relate to, because that, that's sort of, we're in the same uh, numerical group there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny. I, when you said that, I just smiled, but she says, oh, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I was in the courtroom <laughs> for the Manson trial, so... You know, okay. I, I watched them send Charlie away years ago, so uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can relate yeah. to your experiences. Yes, um, and, you know, my experiences with serial killers is also extremely interesting, and uh, we might want to talk a little bit about that maybe off the air. Uh, but yeah, it, I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Way right. too much information for the airways. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, caller. We appreciate. What's in your youngest? I, I'm part, sorry? What's been your youngest serial killer so far? The youngest serial killer um, has probably been in his 20s. Okay. I had a seven-year-old. Oh, dear. Oh. And that was, uh, that was a tough case. That's that was hard. That was a number of years ago, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, let me, I'm going to put this in the chat room. You can email me. Um, very good, and then and Stephen can, can give me your link email. Up. Great, yeah. thank yeah, we'll you. It was you very know, nice talking there, to you. Over in the chat room there, Morgan. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, no worries. You guys can contact me by email, and we'll set something up off the air. Okay. Oh, great. Sounds great. I'm also going to put my book on there. If you really want it, you can read it. But if not, that's okay too. Okay. You guys have a good day. All right. You too. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Let's talk about uh, some of these uh, serial killer cases that you've uh, been involved with. You know? Well, you know, it, it's something that, um, like I was saying to Morgan, is that it, it probably might be best not to go into too much detail about them, but um, uh, there are certain characteristics that they have. Uh, it, I, when I encounter um, uh, a case where it is a serial killer, I am able to identify that it is a serial killer versus just a one-time killing. Uh, there's a different energy about it, and it, which I find fascinating because that um, it, it, the energy itself gives me the clue as to whether this is a first-time kill or this is a serial killer. All right, um, let's um, take another call here, if they're there. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello? Hi, you got a question for Annette today? Well, I don't really have a question, but I just wanted to call in and talk to her about some of the things that I've realized as I've gotten older. And it kind of goes with profiling. It's something that happens to me that... I, don't, I didn't even know I had or was able to do this until later. I would say things about people by watching their eyes and their motions and stuff, and I would tell my husband, you know, this person is that way, and he wouldn't believe me, and then he would realize, he'd say, you know what, you're right on about that person, and I was like, yeah, I know. Right, honey, what is your name? My name is Pearl. Pearl, uh-huh, okay, Pearl. Oh, you're absolutely correct because, you know, we can pick up a lot of subtleties about people. Uh, in their eyes, uh, in their movements, um, and what you're doing is you're connecting with that person, and you're you're getting that information from them electrically. Let me kind of explain that to you, Pearl. Uh, we're electromagnetic beings, and as you know, how electricity goes, you know how it kind of waves over to people. Well, what happens is that when you come in contact with someone. Um, and if you're really tuned into them and your conscious mind isn't real busy thinking about something else, what happens is the subconscious, unconscious mind tunes into those electromagnetic waves and you tune into that person that's standing in front of you. And you're able to pick up all of these subtleties about personalities, say, uh, about who, how they are and how they might react. 
And this is a very beginning aspect of learning how to develop yourself to become more intuitive and, and to help other people. That's what I'd like to do, but it's very difficult because you hear about psychics and they talk about these um, meditations and they talk about a spirit guide talking to them. They can actually hear um, another spirit speaking to them through mediumship. And, you know, you always want to develop that deep, but some people don't, and I just haven't been able to break through the barrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, you might want to pick up my book, Discovering Your Psychic World, uh, because I take you through um, exercises and how to learn how to develop uh, your intuition, which I think you might find very helpful. Okay. Well, that does sound good. I did hear the, the title, but um, I wrote it down somewhere. What was the title again? Discovering Your psychic world okay pearl we also have that available on our website over at blog talk radio so if you go to the our website uh, you should be able to find all that information over there as well okay well thank you for your time and i'll uh, free up your line for other callers thank you thank pearl you very much, bye-bye bye-bye and then when you enter the mind of a of a killer i know we don't want to discuss too much going into details with uh, serial killers, but when you do enter the mind of a killer, which you apparently have in the past, uh, what kind of what kind of feelings do you experience? Well, the feelings that I get, of course, depend upon what it is that I'm looking at. So, if, like I said earlier, when I'm working on a case, uh, I move into a videotape and I'm seeing what occurred. Uh, at the murder scene, I, I pick up the conversation of the victim, I pick up the conversation of the assailant, and then I also become the observer. So I sort of play all these three roles as I am watching what happened. Let me kind of give a little bit more information about that. So as I'm sure. looking at this video, I become the victim, the assailant, and the observer. And when I am uh, the assailant, um, I'm going through and feeling all of the emotions that he is feeling as he is talking to the victim or killing her or killing him, uh, which is a, a phenomena in itself. I, I mean, the detectives sometimes get spooked when they see me do this because they, they, it's hard for them to believe. But um, I have that capability of doing that. And I attest that all to my uh, drama background that I had in San Francisco because I was taught to jump into a character. And so as I developed my skill as a psychic detective, uh, this aspect became very easy for me to do. So I am feeling all of the emotions that the serial killer is feeling, which sometimes can be extremely frightening. Well, our guest in this segment is the acclaimed psychic and crime solver, Annette Martin. As we mentioned, Annette has participated in some of America's most sensational ghost-busting cases and has been termed the radio psychic due to the many radio program and appearances, and she has received national television exposure for her psychic police work. Now, your predictions have uh, proven to be extraordinarily accurate in, in, in many of your cases. Uh, one case that, that comes to mind was the John Denver psychic reading. Would you care to elaborate on that? Oh, yes, that w- was just absolutely extraordinary and very heart-wrenching for me. Uh, and confusing at the time when I did the reading for John Denver. Uh, I was back in Aspen, Colorado, and at that point in time, um, I was dating uh, Buzz Aldrin, the astronaut who went to the moon. And uh, we were back there skiing, and um, one morning he says to me, well, how would you like to have breakfast with John Denver? And I went, oh, my gosh, (laughs) I would love to. That was so exciting because I love John Denver's music and his voice. And so we did. We had breakfast, and uh, I sat next to John, and John turned to me and said, Annette, I'd like to have a reading by you. And I said, oh, 
okay, fine, would you like to do that? And he goes, well, how about right after breakfast? And I said, terrific, where do you want to go? And he goes, well, let's go over to my best friend's house. Okay, so we drive over to this lovely home, and we go up to the door, and the door opens, and there standing at the door, Stephen, is my ex-husband's first cousin. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm telling you, that was so funny. And I'm going, Edgar. He goes, Annette, how are you? And I go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And here he was, John Denver's very best friend. So we went in and we sat down, and I did this reading for John. And uh, I, he wanted to know about his house. Uh, he was in the process of getting a divorce from Annie. And um, right. he wanted to know, yeah, if he was going to get his house back. And I said, yes, you are. And he wanted to know if he was going to get his little girl almost three-quarters of the time. And I said, yes, I do see that. And then he wanted to know if he was going to be able to be the first person to be able, civilian, to be able to go up in the Challenger out in outer space. And I looked at that and I said, no, John, I don't see you going on that flight. And, of course, as we all know, the Challenger is the one that blew up. Yes, that's correct. And so then he said, uh, well, what else can you tell me? And I said, okay. And I closed my eyes and took a couple of deep breaths again, and I said, oh, John, I see this airplane. I see this small, very strange-looking airplane, and I see you flying in this plane. And he goes, oh, yes, I love to fly. And I said, okay, that's what this is, and I see you're flying out over the ocean. And then I said, oh, but the airplane is going down, it's going down and down, and it's going into the ocean. And he said, oh, like that. And I couldn't see anymore. Everything went black. And John did not ask me anything else after that. And he, uh, we just kind of concluded the session. And, of course, as we know, 15 years later, John Denver had just purchased this new airplane, and he was flying out over the Pacific Ocean right near Pacific Grove, California, and something happened, and the plane went into the ocean, and he died. You know, many of us who knew John Denver were, were shocked when we, when we heard of his death. He was such a great singer. Oh, he was great. a great entertainer. So I would imagine that, you know, for him to have heard that from you had to have been quite a, a disturbing event for him. I'm sure that it was. And, you know, at the time, I just didn't really know what it meant. Uh, and I was kind of flabbergasted and, you know, didn't know what else to say to him. And he didn't ask, well, you know, do I die in this airplane? Or he didn't ask anything. Well, you know, things are going to happen, you know, and we have no control over and, uh, you know, we just we just go along in this world and we do the best we can and we live the, our lives the best we can and what happens is going to happen. So. That's right. That is exactly, and that is the only way that we can live. Now, you have a partner that works alongside of you in your investigation company, um, Closure for You. Could, could you tell us a little bit about this person and what his involvement entails in your organization? Well, actually, I've had two detectives. Um, the right. detective, uh, yeah, that, that that's I, where I got a little bit confused in that because I, I remember reading that there was a gentleman before and then you got another one now that's working with you. Is that correct? Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. And, so, and actually, both of them now have totally retired on me. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, due to... Due to health problems. Oh, okay. <laughs> Due to health problems. So how I work now with Closure for You Investigations is when the police agency calls me who has the case, I work directly with that detective. And so we will do the sessions on the phone, and then if they want me to come to uh, the site of where the murder took place, uh, they will fly me there. And so that's how I'm doing it now. Uh, I see. Now, and that seems to work very well. Yeah, I mean, whatever's going to work for you, you know, that's the way you should do it. Right. So, but I mean, now, Closure for You has been around for how long now? 
about uh, 15 years. And uh, you have a lot of clients that actually call in and uh, seek advice or want want help in in some kind of a, a meditation process or something. Or oh, I see clients every day, yeah. uh, five days a week, and uh, people call in to have a reading. Uh, I do readings on the phone all over the world, actually, and then I have people who come to my office where I do the readings. Well, Annette, it's been a fascinating show today. Uh, your biography, Gift of the White Light, by author James N. Fry, and your psychic workbook. Now, for those interested in learning more about your remarkable life and your work, again, where can they go to find these publications? Right, they can go on to my website at www.annette-martin.com. Or they can call my office at 408-378-1220. And, of course, they can always go on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com to purchase my book, Gift of the White Light. Well, very good. And we want to thank you so much for being on our show this morning. And uh, maybe we will talk to you again sometime. That would be wonderful. You know, next time maybe we can talk about ghosts. That would be a great topic. Definitely that would be great. I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> Terrific. All right, Stephen, thank All right. you so Thanks much. Thanks so much, Annette. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our guest this segment has been Annette Martin, psychic extraordinaire and quite a remarkable lady in many respects. We'll be right back after this message. Hi folks, this is Steve Shimon for the Earth Frenzy radio show. The serious consideration of UFO phenomena is too often clouded by the desire to believe, the overriding wish that there really is alien life and it has visited us. But in this exciting all-new series from the History of Channel, the UFO hunters are unafraid of the possibility of alien life, but they're unwilling to settle for hoax, hope, and hunch. In every episode, an authoritative team of experts from UFO Magazine and the scientific community go inside to reconsider history's most significant UFO events, applying a fresh empirical eye and drawing definitive conclusions about the phenomena. Now, in this stratospheric four-disc set, get every single investigation, Every on-site analysis, every exclusive interview, every previously undisclosed document, all from Season 1 of the UFO Hunters. You also get bonus footage and scenes that have never been broadcast before. Who knows what secrets the Hunters will reveal. To get your four DVD disc set, go to www.earthfrenzyradio.com. And look for the banner icon, which says UFO Hunters. Again, that's www.earthfrenzyradio.com. We know you will enjoy this DVD set. Get yours today. Everyone is a psychic to uh, some degree. Some people are just more in tune with uh, that side of their mind-body or spirit connection. Your perceptions of the world and the world's perception of you must grow and change. The universe is a hierarchy with laws of balance and order. If these requirements did not exist, then everyone could be a channel just by raising his or her hand. No requirements, no spiritual enlightenment, no karmic connections, and no wisdom would be needed. Would you want to get information about your job, or your loved ones, or your future from someone who hasn't been prepared by the divine to be a messenger? A true channel is a messenger of spirit. You've been listening to the Earth Frenzy radio show from Louisiana's capital city, Baton Rouge. Join us on October the 15th at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time 
when our guest will be the national spokesperson for Ripley's Entertainment and Ripley's Believe It or Not Publications. Until then, this has been your host, Steve Shimon. We will be talking with you again real soon. Have a great day. This is the Earth Frenzy Radio Show on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and this is Louisiana. Clear down the plaque of mine Six feet of 
Until then, this has been your host, Steve Shimon. Have a great day.